Welcome to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson, and I'm joined by MNN's Bill Werner, Tasha Radel, and Mike Grimm. We're going to delve into what's going on in the North Star State. If it matters in Minnesota, we've got it covered. This week, a look at the upcoming 2021 legislative session. But first, a look back at some of the top stories of 2020 starting with the coronavirus pandemic. The usual delights and challenges of winter in Minnesota faded into insignificance as 2020 began to unfold. Decision to close school has a magnitude of consequences that will change life in Minnesota. We need to stop congregating. We're going to close the bars. We're going to close the restaurants. My heart breaks as I read letter after letter from chefs and restaurateurs across our state and country. We headed to the hospitals every day with what little PPE we have, and that's our armor. But you know something, we're ready to do battle. Staying home is the only vaccine we have right now, and you are certainly saving lives. I hope that he lifts the stay at home so more people can get back to work. As hard as we work, we're not gonna be able to save everyone. Please continue to pray for those who have died from coronavirus, for those who mourn them. I feel like I'm on the Titanic, And this governor is making us a third-class citizen that has to be in the bottom of the ship. We're all doing the best we can, and that's all we can do. As COVID-19 hit Minnesota, state lawmakers set aside partisan politics and quickly passed a series of relief measures. We work together, we make a difference for Minnesota. Thank you all for making that happen. But as the pandemic dragged on, Republicans' patience wore thin with Governor Tim Walz's emergency orders. In our efforts to save lives, we are killing livelihoods. If I didn't think this thing would spread, we would open up every business tomorrow. Republicans tried through the regular session and seven special sessions to cancel the governor's emergency policy. We're not going to get through this by having someone serve as an emperor of Minnesota. But Democrats supported Walls. Somebody does have to make some major decisions. House Republicans said no bonding bill unless the governor gives up his emergency powers. They changed their minds just before the election. Senate Republicans tried forcing Walls' hand by ousting some cabinet members. She has not done her job. We should have done this sooner. The governor was not phased, but as resistance to his emergency orders builds... He wants to drown us. The question in 2021 is, will the political balance tip? MNN's Year in Review continues with a look at COVID-19's impact in the summer and fall. The second half of 2020 brought an easing of COVID restrictions, more testing, and warnings of a fall spike. We will be turning that dial. We'll head back into our restaurants. We believe we should be able to handle this. It is not possible to eliminate cases. I don't think any of us are expecting to drive cases to zero. The planned lab will have the ability to more than double the state's current test capacity. The sheer numbers that you're going to see are going to go up significantly because of our testing. There could be a time when we do need to dial back. We have hit a plateau at a very high level of daily cases. Executive Order 2081, Minnesotans must wear a mask indoors, a masking mandate. For us to get back that life that we all miss so much. ICU capacity in the Twin Cities metro area is particularly limited right now. Statewide capacity looks a little better. Some of the things that we maybe thought was okay to do a month or so ago is much, much riskier today. We've turned our dials. We're going to have to turn them back a little bit today. On May 25th, George Floyd died at the hands of Minneapolis police, setting off a firestorm in Minnesota and across the country. What is your time to say? Relax. Man, I can't breathe my face. Just get up. What do you want? I can't breathe. Being black in America should not be a death sentence. 
for five minutes. We watched as a white officer pressed his knee to the neck of a black man for five minutes. What we're calling for is an independent, thorough, fair, transparent investigation. To see George Floyd take his last breath and ask him for mercy. And I don't know how you legislate humanity. You could tell he was in pain. He was begging, he was pleading for his life several times and didn't nobody hear him. I want to say to my community, we hear you, we stand with you, and we feel your pain. Violence and destruction followed the killing of George Floyd after a series of protests and riots left parts of Minneapolis ravaged and the impact could be felt across the nation. Praying for peace and praying for hope for the community, uh, for unity and strength. I'm praying for George Floyd and his family. And what the hell's the message burning down the city so nobody can use it? I mean, this is a not a rich neighborhood, but it's very diverse. And they just ruined it for everybody. We're out here cleaning up as well as destroying, but I mean, that's how it goes. Dude. We have to we have to do something for something to happen. We cannot hurt him. It defeats, it defeats our purpose. All the world is watching. 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 The pressures of the COVID-19 pandemic led to an increase in adults and children coping with anxiety, depression, and trauma. More reports and indicators are coming out that because of the additional stress and isolation and trauma that's happening right now. More and more children and families are struggling with anxiety, depression, and trauma. I'm going to be honest, during this pandemic, it has affected even more people, which I think is understandable, right? We're living in a time of great uncertainty. Our referrals and our intakes at this time have not increased in a way that would match the level of stress and I think um, distress that people are experiencing during the pandemic. Getting up every morning and getting dressed and brushing your teeth and having breakfast before you jump into the day, it makes it seem less like Groundhog's Day, um, that there actually are things that are bringing the new day forward. Please don't wait. Uh, there is no shame in asking for help, especially um, after we've been in this for so many months and it's getting harder in this moment. For many of the state's K-12 students, 2020 was a trying year amid the COVID-19 pandemic, and for some, distance learning became the new norm. A decision to go school has a magnitude of consequences that is uh, that will change life in Minnesota as we've seen it operating. Closing schools is like flipping a switch and everybody go home and that's the end of it. This is transitioning to a different way of delivering education because that is equally important. If you've ever tried to have 30 kindergartners uh, social distance from each other um, and not share their crayons and not put things in their mouths and not sneeze on each other, that's pretty hard to do. We intend to do everything we can, hell or high water, to get kids back in school learning and safe. Much better place for them. It's just simply too destructive not to happen there. I keep stressing that, you know, we need everyone in the community doing their part to keep those schools open so that, uh, we don't see community spread high and we don't see our educators, you know, getting the virus at high rates because they want to be in the school buildings and working with their kids. Minnesota Matters returns after this. 
Did you know that more lives are lost to lung cancer each year than breast, colorectal, and prostate cancers combined? Lung cancer will claim more than 135,000 lives this year. But new treatments have improved survival for many with the disease and offer new hope for many more. So does lung cancer screening with low-dose chest CT. The American Cancer Society and most major professional organizations recommend that adults ages 55 and older with a long history of smoking, even if they have quit, should talk with their doctor to learn more about lung cancer screening. Lung cancer screening saves lives by detecting lung cancer early when it's more successfully treated. So, ask your doctor if lung cancer screening is right for you. And if you smoke, ask your doctor to help you quit. Visit the National Lung Cancer Roundtable website at nlcrt.org. That's nlcrt.org. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. It's almost hard to believe after how many special sessions there were in 2020, but already on Tuesday, the Minnesota legislature begins its 2021 regular session. MN's Bill Werner talked with one of Minnesota's top political analysts, Hamlin University professor David Schultz, about how things could play out. 2020 was dominated by COVID politically. I mean, all the way from state politics into the national election. I think that would certainly be true, Professor. Does that influence of COVID continue in 2021 in politics? Well, it clearly does, because we're not going to be at a point of being post-COVID, according to any of the studies that most people are talking about, until at the very least late 2021. But even then, um, the impact of the COVID pandemic in terms of budgets, in terms of um, programs, delivery of the of the vaccine, and then, of course, in terms of how the pandemic both reinforced and reflected the partisan divisions in our in our state and our country are going to continue well into 2021 and probably beyond. Let's focus, since the legislature is getting ready to come into session again, into regular session after seven special sessions in, in 2020, the issue of the governor's emergency powers is still out there. Presumably he will renew periodically every 30 days. It, it looks like the pandemic is going that way. How does it play out in the 2021 legislative session? Well, again, it'll come clearly dominate um, in terms of the governor's emergency powers alone, um, in terms of we'll see probably repeated votes um, that will be occurring to try to override the governor's emergency powers. Um, at this point, it doesn't look like they'll be successful, but with the Democrats having a thinner margin um, in the House, um, it's possible that one could see some Democratic defections in more of the swing districts. And it's not completely inconceivable, although I think unlikely, um, that the governor be overridden by the state legislature. But no question that that's going to continue to be brought up as a vote. And we're going to see the emergency powers bleed into other issues, such as the budget. Perhaps we might see a continuation of what we saw in 2020, where the Minnesota Senate opted to uh, essentially disconfirm um, or reject a governor's um, commissioner appointment. So I think a variety of possibilities are out there, but where I think we're going to see 
the the issue play out for the governor's powers is again how it factors into the making of the of the 20 um, well of the 21 22 um, um, biennial budget and how it again affects perhaps a host of other issues just again in terms of reinforcing the polarization and the divide that we find in Minnesota state government. And how does this play into Tim Walz's political future? The governor is now starting to have to think about how in two years, if he decides to run for re-election, um, how does this all play out in terms of his fortunes in 2022? And how does this play out politically in general? Because 2022, everything is up. We have the governor, all the constitutional offices, and we also have all 201 seats in the state legislature. And we're seeing increasingly over time since the pandemic started, a higher, higher percentage of Minnesotans um, really sort of chafing under the governor's executive orders in terms of, let's say, closing businesses or restaurants, um, other types of establishments. And he's done this pretty much unilaterally, which means that in 2022, if he runs for re-election, um, in part, Republicans might make the the pandemic and the handling of the pandemic a, a referendum on the governor. Does the governor have to start to change the way he's using the emergency powers in order to be able to protect himself politically. Now, what, what you just said uh, plays into the other issue of the state budget. What do you see happening in terms of the budget effects? First of all, will we see more packages, aid packages, another possible extension of unemployment benefits beyond what the federal government has has authorized now? Do we see those things? And then how does it play out in other areas of the budget? Um, the major spending drivers like health and human services, education and some of the others well clearly i think a lot of what the state's fiscal situation is going to look like is going to be based upon two things one is how well the state and the national economy recover or how they fare over the next few months and then two under the biden administration whether any money is going to be forthcoming to help state governments and local governments i know on the pandemic relief bill that was just signed uh, by the by the current president of the United States, it didn't provide relief money for state and local governments. But if, let's say, the Biden administration were to be successful in getting that in this, another relief bill, that certainly takes a lot of the budgetary pressures off the state. Um, but if not, um, it is possible that come February, March, um, the state um, is back into a real deficit. Although even the forecast that came out in November, end of November, it was in a $50 billion biennial budget. I mean, the surplus was barely uh, a half a percent in terms of what we're talking about. And over time, fiscal forecasts um, have variances of up to 5%. So it's not certain we really are, um, are in, in a surplus. And it could very well be come February, um, especially with this new round of shutdowns that we've been facing, that the state could be back to a need to have to cut the budget there. And of course, the question is, where do you trim? Do we cut at this point health and human services, social services at a time when we're at near record need for it? Um, how do we finance unemployment uh, when people need that? So these are going to be really tough choices and not popular choices that we're going to see having to be made. And it's not clear Again, who gets tagged with the blame? Is it going to be the House Democrats, the Senate Republicans, the governor, or do they all get tagged with it? We just don't know. A lot's going to be about political maneuvering. 
That's Hamlin University Professor David Schultz. And Scott, here we go with the 2021 legislative session before we're even really finished with 2020. Thank you, Bill. Minnesota Matters will return after this. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. The Minnesota Department of Natural Resources is warning people to watch out for thin ice. Tasha Radel has more. That's right, Scott. The DNR is reporting there have been multiple cases of people falling through the ice on Minnesota lakes and rivers over the past several days. Joining me today is the DNR's Lisa Dugan. Lisa, as we head further into the COVID-19 pandemic, I know Minnesotans are looking for ways to beat the COVID blues, and that includes recreating out on the ice. I'm guessing we're going to see record number of families heading outdoors this winter. And yes, you're absolutely right that, you know, just as we've kind of seen the rest of the summer that everyone's recreating is happening outside, which is great. So everything is pointing to a busy ice season. And, um, you know, it's important that wherever you do choose to go out, whether you're ice fishing or any other recreating on the ice, ice skating, whatever it is, that you're checking the conditions of the body of water that you're going out on before go. Conditions across the state are still varying so greatly. And there's a lot of body of water that it's there just isn't enough ice to be even walking out on. Lisa, I know we visit this every year, but safety is so key. Can you share some tips? Yep, I think, you know, just be prepared. Um, Whatever it is that you're doing, plan ahead for the unexpected when nobody plans to find themselves in a bad situation. But do you have the safety equipment to get out of a bad situation should you fall through the ice unexpectedly? And really, those include just small pieces of safety equipment that can be the difference between, you know, making sure you get home at the end of the day. Um, You might not think it, but a life jacket um, is the one piece of equipment that really holds your head above water and give you that time to get out of the ice and get back to safety. Um, But, you know, even if you don't have a life jacket, look at um, float coats or buoyant snow pants, anything that you know, works for what you're doing to help keep you above water should you fall through. And um, ice picks, it's another really easy small piece of equipment, relatively inexpensive, um, especially on ice. We don't have a lot of snow out, um, so that ice is really slippery. As we mentioned in the opening, there have been several cases of people falling through the ice. Any final thoughts today? What we've learned from those close calls is that you know, especially now over the holidays, talk to your kids about the dangers of thin ice. And just remember that if your kids are on the ice, make sure you check before they go out. And if they're near the ice and adults, you near them, um, watching to make sure they're staying on safe areas of ice. And um, also talking to kids about not going after if um, a friend falls through or a pet falls through. And even for adults, your instinct may be to run out to help. But that in a lot of situations just adds to more victims in the water. So um, don't attempt to rescue until you, unless you have means of self-rescue. So call 911 um, if you can, without putting yourself in harm's way, throw them a rope or a hockey stick or whatever you might have um, to help that person. But do not add to the victims in the water. Thanks again to my guest, Lisa Dugan with the Minnesota DNR. For more information on ice safety, you can head to dnr.state.mn.us. Back to you, Scott. Thanks, Tasha. Minnesota Matters returns after this.
doing? Your surgery is over. Oh, it's over? What happened? Hi, Mr. Detweiler. Dr. Newman here. You have a new knee. It went great. You'll be up and around before you know it. And it's all because of you. Uh, what did I do? You were captain of Team Detweiler. You told us everything we needed to know. Your medical history, your allergies and prescription meds. You asked me tons of questions. What your options to surgery might be, what to expect during recovery. You even asked me how many knee replacements I've already done. Huh, I guess I did kind of run the whole operation, didn't I? Mr. Detweiler, we couldn't have done it without you. Patient safety. It takes a team. And patient involvement is key. A public service message from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons. With more tips at orthoinfo.org slash patient safety. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. 2020 was a year which began with two big football wins, faded into chaos and uncertainty for the entire landscape of Minnesota sports. MNN Sports Director Mike Grimm recaps the year in sports in Minnesota. There's the final kneel down, and Minnesota has knocked off Auburn in the Outback Bowl in Tampa. And what a way to start 2020. Fade left, end zone, it is caught! Touchdown! Bonjour, San Francisco, and au revoir, New Orleans Saints! I think experiencing the same emotions uh, all of us are feeling right now, right? I mean, I think we're in uncharted territory, and you're doing your best to gather as much information as you can from the experts. Being so close and being told you can't finish, being told, like, this is going to be taken away from you, it was honestly very, very hard. But the fact that everyone had to go through it was made things a little better. But the fact that we were five games or four games or three, depending on what that was, like, away from a national championship, like, that's just so hard. An extremely good opportunity to move forward and just didn't get it done. So very hungry to uh, get back at it right away. We all recognize that we have a role to play here in managing the contact with each other, managing what we do when we leave the ballpark and appropriately trying to stay as safe as possible. This is bigger than sport. And for so many of us that work in intercollegiate athletics, this is life and this is what you do. But this is also a time where you realize that you can't let your job or maybe your sport define who you are, whether you're a coach or you're a student athlete or you're administrators. It's incredibly difficult for our, for our students, for sure, and the participation that they've lost uh, in the activities that they love. And the pitch, line to left field, a base hit. Near the line, Nelly around third. He will head home. He will score. Buxton welcome back with the bat. And the Twins take a 3-2 lead here in the seventh. Come in here and celebrate as a group for something that you know, spent a lot of time and a lot of energy pointing towards. With the first pick in the 2020 NBA Draft, the Minnesota Timberwolves select Anthony Edwards from the University of Georgia. Attacks down the lane, runs it up off the glass, and Edwards has been sensational. He's got 18 to pace the way for Minnesota tonight. Eight of 12 shooting. Golden Gophers 102, Iowa Hawkeyes 95, and the Gophers beat a top five team. With health and safety concerns at the forefront of their minds, high school sports leaders and coaches shut down competition for most of the spring, summer, and fall of 2020, creating a heartache for all. A lot of kids have questions, a lot of disappointments. It's incredibly difficult for our students, for sure, and the participation that they've lost. 
we're devastated. This was the last thing that we ever wanted to do. We've been trying to hold out with the hopes of conducting a season. It just is so hard to come to this. It, it's gut-wrenching. Definitely, I'm checking in with my players and my captains and, you know, just kind of keeping them going. You know, when the weather was bad, one of our, our baseball coaches would always say, this is the worst. And we used to say, you said that last year. <laughs> uh, but I have to actually say, this, this is the worst, to not have any season. And, and the incredible irony of having, you know, relatively decent weather and not being able to do it is just... It's crazy. Really tough, you know, trying to find new creative ways to engage the kids, kind of keep them connected, and, you know, really kind of deal with a lot of different emotional stuff we haven't had to deal with before. To be honest, I was stunned. In my humble opinion, I thought they'd do the right thing. Um, you, you see the states around us, they're opening up, they're going. It's been a challenge, to say the least, but we're dealing with it, right? Not much we can do. I can't tell you how bad it feels. I mean, I can say something, but I just, the feeling in my heart and my soul is just terrible. Everybody that you appreciate, you feel like you let them down. Pro sports even saw an impact from COVID-19 in 2020. It, there's going to be a discipline that's going to be required for teams to not have to deal with this virus any more than, than would be expected. Learn to be flexible and, you know, expect the unexpected. We're, we'll be ready to go. It's going to take a real effort and coordinated effort between players, staff, anyone who even comes in contact with, with players or otherwise to, to help manage this going forward. You know, today's society is different, you know, without fans. You know, we got to get used to that. We're not going to make it through the whole season and not have some outbreaks. We're just fine protocol and uh, doing what the league gives us the guidance with. That there's no excuses, and I know with Coach Zimmer's leadership, with this entire coaching staff, we will be prepared and ready to go uh, to play Sunday. We and they have done the right things through training camp to play games for real. When George Floyd was killed just miles from their campus, University of Minnesota football players asked what they could do to raise awareness for social justice and tried to answer the question by starting an initiative called HERE, Help end racism with education. This is the generation that can end racism. We want to make sure racism is a thing of the past, not towards the future. Um, it's been tough is really all I can, the only word that I can think to describe the feeling, but it hasn't just been tough for me. It's been tough for a lot of people in uh, the state of Minnesota. I just hate to see people hurt and in pain, and hopefully we all can come together as one and you know, hopefully change some things around here. We're going to walk off the field hand in hand, arm in arm, as teammates, as brothers, as family. That's what the world should look like. Why is it so hard? A lot of anger and frustration with a lack of understanding of why events like this of unarmed black men and their, their murder without proper justice is something that would happen frequently. We can learn so much by just looking into a locker room. And we want to be the example of what it looks like with us. And that's what the whole Here campaign's about. And that's the year that was in sports in Minnesota 2020. Scott? Thank you, Mike. That's going to do it for us for this week. To our listeners, Happy New Year. Thank you for listening, and please tune in again next week for Minnesota Matters on this MNN station.